This message is from Pastor Ezekiel Chima of Anointed Assembly International Ministry. May God bless you as you listen to the Anointed Word of Life. Let's buy his as we go into the message of the day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we bless you as we commit this service once more to the mighty hand. Come and have your way for the word of God. Declare the entrance of the world, bringing forth understanding. Let the world bring forth knowledge and make us to be better Christians. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The message is titled, Season of Sudden Visitation. When a wonderful season, a season that God is in a hurry to bless his children. Season of good tidings, season of great expectations, season of good news. Come with me to the book of Genesis chapter 18. I'm reading from the book of Genesis chapter 18. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. Abraham was sitting in the tent at the door of his tent in the hot afternoon sun. Verse 2 says, He lifted up his eyes and looked and lo, three men stood before him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself towards the crowd and said, My Lord, if I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched, and wash your feet, and raise yourselves under the tree. Abraham spoke to strangers he met. He said, can't just pass this way. You need to rest. You need to be refreshed before you continue your journey. Abraham didn't know that he was talking to supernatural visitors. If you ever have opportunity of Doing good to somebody, don't prolong it. Go ahead and do good. Go ahead and do what you ought to do. Doing good is an act of them by the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. That's why he said, And I will fetch a mushroom of bread and comfort you, your hearts, after that you shall pass on. I want to refresh you, people, before you continue your journey. For therefore are you come to your servant. And they said, so do as thou hast said. And they said, go ahead and do what you have spoken. We are in the era of season of visitation. Because the good Lord has ordained. That whether the devil like it or not, somebody here must be blessed. Amen. What Abraham and Sarah thought was impossible became possible. Because they were serving a God who happens to be a sovereign God and is still a sovereign God up to this moment. They were serving a God who has the final say, a God who can never fail nor forsake his children. Whatever that you have considered as simply impossible in your life, in your situation, this God is able and mighty to turn it to the realm of possibility. Amen. We are serving a God called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This God didn't fail Abraham. He didn't fail Isaac. He didn't fail Jacob. He didn't fail all the people he called to work with him. All the people he ordained that he had lined up to use to manifest his program on earth, he had never failed any of them. And he will never fail you. Amen. A God who has never failed generations after generations. A God who has been fulfilling his promises 
to every generation a God who can never fail nor forsake you and can never forsake this present generation. We are serving a God who oppresses through seasons and times. He will always say, at the appointed time of life, and the appointed time he had ordained for Abraham Isaac, he manifested. They brought forth. At the season that God had ordained the power must change hand in the life of Abraham and Sarah, he manifested through sudden visitation because with God all things are possible. He doesn't ring bell before he comes. Whatever you receive from God is determined by how you receive God. If Abraham had not treated them well, what Abraham got from there, he wouldn't have gotten it. You are responsible for the level of what you receive from the Lord. What you garbage in is what you garbage out. Your actions determines your response. Galatians 6 verse 9 told us that let us not be worried in where do you. For in due season, in due season, that means God is God of times and seasons. At the appointed season, what it means in due season? He said, we shall reap if we fail not. At the appointed season, he has ordained, the blessings will come if we fail not. That means if we don't give up our belief. The blessings will come if we don't give up our belief. Because it's a God of times and seasons. You know, your tears cannot make God fast forward his appointed time for you. Your worry can never make God fast forward his appointed time for you. What your worry, your Christ will do, they will put you out of God's purpose for you. The only way they will help you, your worry, your anxiety, your confusion, your panic, operation of the man will do for you is to move you out of his way for you. It doesn't draw you closer to what he has for you. The what stabilizes you until the appointed time is your faith. I've failed people. Your faith preserves the blessings. Man of God, you say I should pray. I pray for seven days. I've exercised faith. Where is the thing now? I say God is not a mechanical engineer. He doesn't move because he decided to change. He moved because he has purpose that he will bless you and it will come at the appointed time of he has ordained for you. According to the time of life. Let us look at the book of Habakkuk. We are still coming back to Genesis 18. Book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. Write the vision in the table of your mind, run with that vision. Each time, refresh your memory, your mind with that vision, keep on running with it. For that vision that you are planted in your mind is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak. No matter how long you run with it, that vision must comfort. Many people here, the vision God has for you has been activated to start speaking. Amen. At the end, it shall speak. There are many questions people are asking about destinies, about you. Very soon, the vision of God upon your life will begin to speak. Amen. Those questions they are asking, they begin to receive answers. When the vision begins to speak, the vision begins to give answer, replies to the numerous questions people have been asking about you. It shall speak. It will not lie. It may tarry. It might be prolonged. It might be challenged. He said, wait for it. Wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will never tarry forever. Amen. It must surely do what? Manifest. For behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. Any soul that does not wait upon the Lord 
Any so that is lifted up in pride, in fear, in unbelief, in doubt, in murmuring, in complaining, is not upright in the sight of God. It's only the just. The just shall live by faith. Only the just shall possess what God has ordained for them. And I know a just person is sitting before me this morning. Amen. Every vision, prophecy, promise of the Lord has an appointed time of maturity. Different seeds we plant in the farm have different appointed time of maturity and harvest. Corn and yam, you might plant them at the same time, but will you harvest them at the same time? They have different time of maturity. They have different time of harvest. Destinies have different time of maturity. Have different time of harvest. If somebody is harvesting his own today, does not mean your own will not come. It means the appointed time of maturity and harvest has not come. The whether it will come, it will surely come. Amen. The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their vision. You must believe in the beauty of your vision. The vision God has given to you, believe in it. The promises He has given to you, believe in it. The words you have heard, prophecies, believe in it. You must believe in your vision, the vision God has committed to your hand, if you must reap from that vision. No matter how long it tarries, you must believe in that vision. Moses believed in the vision God has called him. Moses heard from God, and God said, go and meet Pharaoh. Moses went and met Pharaoh. They were prepared to go. Pharaoh said, you are going nowhere. Moses believed in that vision. He waited, God said, go again. He went again. Pharaoh said, you are going nowhere. It was because Moses believed in that vision. So he kept on believing God. Each time God spoke, he kept on believing God until there was a manifestation. Amen. If you don't believe in the beauty of the vision God has given to you, you will murmur, you will complain. Because God said, and it didn't happen immediately, you will lose that vision. David believed in the vision God gave to him. Believed in the promise of God. Instead of the things working out the way he expected, he became a fugitive. He was declared wanted in his country. He couldn't find any place to hide in his country. He had to run outside his country into the territory of enemies of Israel. He believed in that vision. Even when the prophet that prophesied that vision died, David still believed in that vision. And that vision one day spoke out. And every doubt in Thomas, people who were asking questions about David and David, that day they received answers to those questions. Amen. It's possible we have been asking questions about your vision, about your destiny, about your career. It's possible we have been asking questions about you. One day, one testimony will answer more than millions of questions people have been asking about you. Amen. You don't need to answer anybody, but your vision will speak one day in your favor. Amen. You don't need to answer. This is why I'm waiting upon. This is why God said, mm, You don't need to answer anybody. The only thing you have to do is to believe in the beauty of your vision. Because the day that vision will speak out, people will say, No wonder he was not moved. No wonder he held on to that thing. No wonder. No wonder. People will begin to receive answers on their own without you speaking for yourself. David believed. So many people. If you read the Bible, some people say this people that just woke up one day, they said they want to be king. There was a man who insulted David in the Bible. So you see this one. Me give you my food. When David said, Go and tell the man we have been taking care of his goose, we've been taking care of his sheep. We didn't allow any area boys to come and attack him. Just go and tell the man to give us more. We are hungry. That was the 
former husband of who? Abijah. You know, the way that I tell the man, the man says, can you imagine anybody that comes will want to overthrow his God and become somebody and he wants me to give my food. That one spoke out. There were so many people that didn't speak out. There were so many that were saying their own hidden name. But the day David became king, all the questions were answered. What I'm seeing this morning, I'm seeing destinies. Destinies that are ready to speak out. Amen. And your own is among them. You must believe in the beauty of your vision. If your vision wouldn't be challenged, the Lord wouldn't have said in Isaiah chapter 40 verses 4 and 5, every valley, that means there must be valley. There must be something that want to sink you. In life, there must be a situation that want to do what? Sink you. Every valley. But no matter how far they want to sink you, the Lord says you will overcome. He will bring it out. Everybody shall be exalted. In life, there will be mountains and hills that want to stop you from climbing over. Say so he will bring down those mountains. Amen. He said there will be crooked places that want to make journey of life impossible for you. He will strengthen them. There will be rough places that want to make it slippery for you that you can't move freely. He said there will be made plain. Amen. If you're able to stand, then you see the glory. Amen. You must believe in the beauty of your vision. If you don't believe in it, you have issues. The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their vision. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob believed, and they belong to this class. Where do you belong? No matter how long, Abraham held on to God. Where do you belong? This thing we read in Genesis 18 happened when Abraham was 99 years. When Abraham was 99 years, they said, according to the time of life, Sarah will bring forth. Look at Genesis chapter 21. The following year, as it came for when Abraham was 100 years, Genesis chapter 21. And the Lord visited Sarah as he has said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he has spoken. The Lord visited, and the Lord did as he has said. There is somebody the Lord is visiting this season. Amen. God is not visiting because you are wonderful. It's just because he has just proposed to bless us. Two, for Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son his old what? Age. In his old age. At the set time of which God has spoken to him. At the set time, appointed time. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. The Lord is good. Abraham was called at the age. Of 75 years. He served God for 25 years before Isaac came forth. Yet Abraham refused to faint. He was never weary in well doing. He was never weary in well doing. He refused to faint. He remained Abraham. He continued to Abraham. In the spiritual realm, when you look for Abraham, same faith, same belief. Many of us, we have staggering faiths. Faith that staggers. Belief that staggers. We go look at some spiritual realm. What does he see? Your life is a message to heaven and to the earth. The life you live is a message to heaven and to this earth. How you live your life determines what you get. So make it inspiring so that it will attract good things your way. The life you live is a message, it's a mirror to heaven and to earth. Make it inspiring so that it will attract good things. What footprint will you leave on the sand of history when you exit this earth? Where will you spend eternity? 
all the things we're asking God, give us this, give us that, give us this, give us that. We're not going to heaven with any of it. Even those who are going to hell will not go with it. You leave them here. That wonderful wife, that wonderful husband, you're not going with it. That wonderful vehicle, properties, money in different currencies and foreign banks, you're not going with any of them. So if we're not going with these things, why would these things hinder us from where we're going to when we live here? We're footprints. We will live on the sand of history. You are so wonderful on earth. Are you going to be wonderful in heaven or in hell? What kind of message is your life giving to heaven and to this earth? The book of Matthew chapter 12 verse 34. Oh generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Good things cannot come out from a polluted mind. Verse 35, a good man out of the good treasures of the heart bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give a candle of in the day of judgment. For by thy words that shall be justified, and by thy words that shall be condemned. And I want everybody to listen to me attentively. Number one, watch your thoughts. For they easily becomes your words. Be watchful of what you think in your mind. For they easily becomes your words. They easily become what you speak out. Watch your thoughts for they easily becomes words. Your thoughts easily becomes what you speak out. Number two. Watch your words. What you speak out. Be watchful of what you speak out. For they easily becomes your actions what you speak out determines your actions some people say i will deal with you say oh, you can't do me anything eh? you say i can't do anything the person goes all out to key because he has spoken i will deal with you you want to prove he can deal with somebody number three watch your actions for they easily become your habits watch your actions your actions easily becomes habitual. I did it, and because nobody saw me, I would do it again. I stole money, and frankly, nobody saw me, I would do it again. I'm misbehaving, living canal life, nobody saw me. It's okay, I just do it for some time. Before you know, it becomes a habit. Number four, watch your habits for they easily becomes your character. Watch your habits for they easily becomes your character. Why did you do it? I have nobody to help me. So you did it. So in every situation, you help yourself by doing it. Crime fighters, when they display and robbers, ritualists, they tell you it's the work of the devil. I had nobody to help me. I didn't need the money. That's why I did it. They become habitual robbers, habitual ritualists. It's part of them. Have you seen anybody that robbed once? Say, I only robbed once and I got the money I needed. I stopped. One success of robbery leads into motive. It's a habit, transforms to character. Next one, watch your character. Watch your character for they become your destiny. Bad character equals to bad destiny. Good character equals to good destiny. Your life is your message to the world and to heaven. Are you making it inspiring? For heaven to receive you or for hell to receive you? Are you making it inspiring 
for people on this earth, life is just beyond you. Most of us live like me, me, me. It's beyond you. God just didn't create you for yourself. I would say the endless expectation of the creature waiting for manifestation of sons of God. There are things God has put in you that will be of blessings to other people. Stop just living your life about me, 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 me. And you destroy the destinies of people God has tied to you. He wants to use you to reach out. Live a life of total dependency on God. Gratitude to God. Live a life because God has called you onto this earth for a mission. Run with that mission and at the appointed time, God will release all the provision you need for that mission. Amen. Marriage is part of the provision. Prosperity is part of the provision. Everything you need, he will release them. A bus that leaves empty from his point of takeoff, most times do not go with full passengers. As he moves, he picks passengers. That's what destiny is all about. As you move, God asks unto you. As you run the way, he asks. Different bus stop, new things enter. Different bus stop, new things enter. And at the same time, as you move, there are things you need to drop. <laughs> there are bad passengers in your life you need to drop. There are good ones you need to pick. Until you get to the end of the journey, you must pray to get to the end of the journey alive. You can only do that when you depend on the Lord. It's not about me, 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 me. There are people God is going to use you to take to their different destinations. You pick some, you drop somewhere. You pick. You are a career. You pick, you drop. You pick, you drop. It's not about you. You are called to be a service to God in this generation. You pick, you drop. As you are picking, you are dropping, you must learn to drop certain things that shouldn't go with you in your life. The Shunammite woman did not give up in well doing. And the God of possibility visited her through Elisha. Irrespective of the number of years she waited, her countenance, receptiveness to God, and his prophets never changed. Abraham didn't give up in well doing, and the God that causes power to change hands visited him. In life, what you garbage in determines what you garbage out. Is your life inspiring enough for heavens of heavens, hosts of heavens to remember you? Shanamite woman's life was quite inspiring. Inspiring enough to attract the blessings of God even at an old age. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's lives were quite inspiring. And they kept on attracting blessings even at old age. Gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but the parent of all virtues. Gratitude is very important in life. Don't just exist. Many are just existing for their wives. Many are just existing for their husbands. Many are just existing for their children. Many are just existing for their businesses. Many are just existing because the only thing they find joy in doing is seeing their bank accounts swear. Nothing matters except their account, big businesses, except the earthly things that give them pleasure. No, don't just exist. Live your life for Christ. Go for the life or for that relationship with Christ. Live a life of gratitude unto the Lord. And his divine visitation will never pass you by. Amen. Live your life for Christ. Those things that you are believing God for that has not manifested. Is it going to affect your mode of thanksgiving unto the Lord? Abraham was believing God. At 99, his countenance never changed. So when he saw three gentlemen, 
He rushed to wake on them and to bless them. What happened? What he sowed was what he reaped. Noah provoked a divine blessing upon the whole world through his act of gratitude. When he gave God a wonderful sacrifice, sacrifice of a sweet smelling savour. And when the smell of sacrifice entered the nose of God, he took an oath, I will never again cause the earth. And God blessed seasons and times. Open to Genesis chapter 8. God blessed seasons and times. And set up seasons and times. One man provoked that blessing. Genesis chapter 8 verses 20 to 22. Noah came out. He decided to provoke God through a wonderful blessing. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord from verse 20. And took of every clean beast. He took the best of every clean beast and of every clean fowl. And offered burnt offering on the altar. And Lord smelled a sweet savour. And Lord said in his nose, I will not again cause the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. God took an oath within himself. While the air remained, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. He declared, and other seasons and times. Noah provoked a divine blessing upon the world through his act of gratitude. Abraham, his gratitude to God through Isaac offering provoked God's blessings upon the earth. We must stop giving God condition on how we want to express our gratitude. And they say, ah, a better than is water in the bush. Don't give God condition. Do not be weary in well doing. Keep on giving to God. Keep on sowing. Don't be tired in wedding. Abraham provoked divine visitation when he entertained three men. Shadowman woman provoked divine visitation when she continued in her act of gratitude. Noah provoked a divine blessing upon the earth through his act of gratitude when he offered unto the Lord a sweet smiling savour. If you are willing and obedient, you shall do what? Genesis chapter 18, 6 to 8. Genesis chapter 18, verses 6 to 8. And Abraham hastened unto the tent unto Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal. Knead it, make eggs upon the heads. And Abraham ran unto the head and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it unto a young man and he said to dress it. He supervised to show you how zealous he was. He took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed, they had been cooked and said to be for them. And he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. Abraham in offering unto the Lord in his spirit of generosity or gratitude was not focused on what God has not done for him. Rather on the act of well-doing. I said it before, if you ever have opportunity in doing good, don't ever hesitate in well-doing. For you will surely reap if you faint not. Amen. Abraham supervised every stage of the preparation. Until the meal was served. He personally waited upon them. Personally waited upon them. Personally. They expanded their coast of generosity. Learn to expand their coast. Some people have mindset in what they give to God. Expand. Go beyond limitation. Don't limit yourself. Don't limit yourself. Abraham saw. And he kept on doing good. Kept on doing good. Supervised everything. He waited upon them. Genesis 18 verses 9 and 10. They did eat and after eating they activated something. 
Verse 9. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. Before they ate, did they ask about Sarah? They didn't ask about Sarah. They didn't ask about Sarah. It was after they had been failed. They were happy. They said, Where is thy wife, Sarah? And he said, In the tent, Adam, Adam, where are thou? It does not mean God didn't know where Sarah was. It wasn't that God didn't know where Adam was. Cain, Cain, where is that brother, Ebe? It didn't mean God didn't know where Ebe was, that Cain had killed him. God called a little boy somewhere in Elias' house. It wasn't that God didn't know Simon was there. He asked Abraham, where is that wife? God is always desirous of the attentions of his children. He's always interested in the location of his children, webbing of his children. God is always desiring the attention of his children for spiritual connection. But you have the responsibility of deciding whether it has to be for good or for bad. You have the responsibility of deciding whether it has to be for good or for bad. If God call upon you now for blessings, where will he find you? What Abraham offered determined his harvest the following year. Most of us offer God things anyhow. And anyhow, thanksgiving attracts anyhow blessing. Genesis 18, 11 to 15. Let me tell from verse 10. And he said, I will suddenly return unto thee according to the time of life. That is a time and season. And lo, Sarah, thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah had it in the tender which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old. They were old. And the Bible wants to define the kind of old age. And we're stricken in what? Age. They were at the last level of old age. We're stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I'm wax old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord, being old also. As far as she was concerned, it was impossible. The Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a shorty be a child, which am old? Say, so why is your wife dwelling on belief and doubt? Some are getting ready because you are in your season and times. Amen. Those things you've considered as impossible is going to turn around to a possibility. Amen. Why did Sarah laugh? Saying, surely I of a shorty be a child, which I'm old. 14. Is anything too hard for the law? At their time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. 15. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not to. <laughs> for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. Then just said, But you did, you doubted. And the man rose up from thence and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. Abraham and Sarah physically were very old, stroking in age. Medically, it was impossible for them to bring forth. Impossible for them to bring forth. There are many things under physical facts that we are unable to do. OH has crept in. So, under medical terms, they were regarded as too old. To bring forth anything useful. There are many things on the physical fast we are unable to do. Some people, when they look around, they say, How can I prosper when I don't have any connection? How can I be this when I don't have any helper? In the physical, you are right. But the fact still remains that as long as we are connected to spiritual facts, all that we are unable to achieve physically becomes possible because we got all things are what? Possible. Today, power must change hand in your life. Because with God, all things are possible. God doesn't have problem in blessing his children. But the issue we need to deal with is fear. 
unbelief, doubt, anxiety, oppression of the mind that leads to murmuring and complaining. God didn't look at the unbelief of Sarah. He went ahead to bless her. There is someone here God has decided to bless. Amen. Not because of your righteousness and holiness, but just to prove himself. Amen. I didn't hear amen. If you're that person, just rise to your feet and begin to cry unto the Lord. I want you to begin to talk to the Lord to overlook your shortcomings. Oh Lord, overlook our shortcomings. And bless me because you have just proposed to bless me. My faith does not qualify me. My righteousness does not qualify me. My holiness does not qualify me. My commitment, whatever I think has qualified me, does not qualify me. But I call upon you, Father, overlook my shortcomings. Overlook my weaknesses. Overlook my fear, my unbelief, my abominable acts. And bless me because you are proposed to bless me. Father, overlook and prove yourself in my life. As you overlook the shortcomings of Sarah and bless her. Overlook whatever weaknesses in my life, shortcomings in my life. Go ahead and prove to people you let over their face of my life. Go ahead and bless me, Lord, because you are just proposed to bless me. Overlook, Lord shortcomings of my life my weaknesses overlook them lord you're not blessing me because i'm righteous you're not blessing me because i'm worthy to be blessed you are blessing me because of your grace you're blessing me because of your mercy you're blessing me because of your love and compassion overlook what you need to overlook father and bless me and let your name be glorified so that men and women will come to terms that you relate over their phase of my life Ye came a whole sherry came a caraca. Let your mercy prevail. I have made it too small in my eyes for not believing you, Lord. Overlook my doubts. Overlook my fears. Mom believe. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. I've made you too small in my eyes. Oh yes, Lord. For those of who have not given our life to Christ, I want you right now, wherever you are, to begin to ask God for mercy. To accept into his kingdom. And for those of us who are already born again. Every day we a In words, in actions, in thoughts. I want us to open our mouth and begin to ask the Lord for mercy. Say if we confess our sins. He is faithful and just. To forgive our sins. And to prefer us from all unrighteousness. I want you to begin to call upon the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To welcome you into his fold. To welcome you into his kingdom. To welcome you and remove your name from where the enemy has written your name in the book of death. That let him rewrite your name in his book, the book of life. Father, lift up your children. Yes. We are sorry we have made you too small in answer. True fear, true unbelief, true doubt. We are sorry we have made you too small in our sight. By not believing in you. By not accepting us our Lord and Savior. Today we are reconnected through your precious blood. As we confess that Jesus is Lord of our life, we accept you as our Lord and Savior and we come back into your kingdom. In all areas we offended you, in words, in actions, in thoughts, but I will ask for mercy. We repent of our sins. Receive us, Lord. Overlook our shortcomings and bless us. Prove yourself in our lives. Reveal to men and women that only you relate over the affairs of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
We thank you for listening to the Anointed Word of Life by Pastor Ezekiel Chima of Anointed Assembly International Ministry. You can reach us at number 7A, Awoni Yelemo Street, Ajao Estate, off International Airport Road, Lagos, or regiaradio.com. For prayer and counseling, please call plus 234-703-668-7445. May God richly bless you.